coming to you, undead from the crypt. This is Adelaide Horror Podcast with Zombie Joe. <laughs> It's your host, Zombie Joe, and today's episode is number 22, and I'm going to be talking about Shudder and their one-year anniversary of Shudder being released in Australia uh, this time last year, on the 17th of August. Um, Shudder finally came to Australia. I was very excited when it came out. I had the, it was a part of the mailing list. Uh, I still remember the initial reports that Shudder was going to come to Australia, uh, the kind of from the different kind of horror... Uh, horror groups uh, on Facebook and the kind of buzz around that. Uh, so when it actually happened, I was uh, one very happy little zombie and uh, so signed up for the year subscription and uh, yeah, haven't really looked back. I've, uh, I've picked some really great films. It's hit and miss, but there's minimal miss. Like it's it's been a lot of hits. So I had to pick which of my favorite movies I wanted to talk about tonight. Uh, and I'll also talk about some of the other kind of subgenre stuff that you'll find uh, on the service and uh, some of the aspects of Shudder. So if you're thinking about it, if you haven't got it and you're thinking about it, mate, hopefully uh, by me talking about it, you'd, you'd make kind of a really lean you either way. So um, me personally, I've been enjoying it uh, and I can't complain about it. It's, it's, it's pretty good. I've heard that the US one has got more options, which is the case. It's the same as Netflix. Uh, so, you know, you've got the American, Canadian, and Australian uh, version, and those two um, across the pond seem to have a, a better choice and collection. But I've, I don't mind what we've got, um, you know, so I don't know, Ignatius Bliss, but like, yeah, I, I, I like the, the kind of uh, content that they've got at the moment. Um, given the time that I have, uh, what I've got in my list is just enough, and that's been keeping me busy for a year. Like, I still haven't seen some of the titles that are on my list on the, on the service anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably a good thing that it's not massive with a huge selection because I just wouldn't have the time to do it and enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, it's great. Cool. So, basically, the two movies I'm going to be talking about that I really liked, that were the standouts, were the Mortuary Collection from last year. And this year's choice was uh, Jacob's Wife uh, with uh, Barbara, Barbara Crampton. Let's try that again. Holy shit. Uh, and uh, Clancy Brown um, on uh, for the Mortuary Collection. Fuck me if I said Murphy Brown right then. I would have just closed the podcast and go, that's it. I'm over. I'm done. Like, <laughs> that's it. Uh, it's all over, Joe. It's been good to <laughs> come back. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and um, anyway, so these are the two favourite movies of the thing. So what I'll do tonight, I'll do a bit of crib keeping first and then I'll just basically go through the uh, the, sh the kind of the Shutter LA and uh, that's it. So, cool. So for crib keeping, uh, yeah, just before, in between uh, episode, the last episode, I had a, a Snuck in a Zombie Bite episode and that was the um, trilogy uh, Fear Street uh, Three Hosts special. Um, got in contact with uh, Matt, the King of Goosebumps, and also Scott from Skullbrain TV, and the also the host for the Old Power Collector that you'll get on YouTube. 
Uh, so definitely check them out. Um, fantastic content on there, uh, especially Skullboy and with the Scrollbrain TV. Like sign up to uh, Scott's emailing list. Uh, if you've got kids, this is a, a really good uh, kind of kids series. Um, and, you know, empowering um, uh, stories and uh, encouraging. So it's very, very good uh, to have a, uh, a book series that kids can pick up and start reading again. It kind of reminds me of the book series is that I would read as a kid myself and now this doesn't really happen uh, because of you know a lot of visual multimedia out there now the kids are more watching rather than reading so this is good to just kind of kick it old school with your kids and get them to sit down and read a book series that they can get into but also has a, a really good meaning behind it as well so definitely check it out Skull Brain TV or Skull Boy as well is the series so uh, look that up on uh, on your Google or go onto Instagram and Facebook. You will find him on there. Um, and King of Goosebumps, Matt, uh, his shop swapping Goosebumps swapping shop is down at uh, Port Adelaide Markets. So definitely go down and check him out. Uh, support the store. Buy some fantastic Goosebumps memorabilia. Like this guy, far out. The first time I, my first interview that I did for the show for the Zombie Bite, I interviewed Matt uh, with his Goosebump collection, and then when we went back in to shoot the the Fear Street uh, again, it's, it was roughly a year like since I came back to the house, and that room had just doubled with memorabilia from Goosebumps, and Scott and I were just looking around for the first kind of twenty minutes, going, "What the fuck? Like, oh my god! Like, I remember that, or oh my god, I didn't even know that existed!" Like, and we're just in awe. So while we were setting up the cameras and stuff and, and uh, having a couple of pizzas and having a chat, um, I, we were just in awe with the stuff that uh, Matt collects. He's very passionate about what he does. Um, and uh, so I was able to get some uh, great uh, goosebump memorabilia for myself. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was really great fun getting together with uh, three other guys, two other guys, and uh, kind of collaborating and just talking about uh, the Goosebumps and, and Fear Street in R.L. Stein. Uh, we were planning for it to go for two hours, like, so that was a bit of a shock, but hey, we we're in the moment, we enjoyed talking about it, and we had a good time, and it was, it was really great. And, uh, you know, for the few hours before we shot the episode, we were just gelling, uh, uh, beforehand just having a chat and getting to know each other it was really the first time matt kind of hung out with us so it was it was really good that we uh meeting that night that we gelled that well uh and then we just kind of uh, did the show so um this is my opportunity to say to other podcasts or whatever i'd love to collaborate like um uh, with you and uh yeah have a chat about you know a horror series or a horror movie that you liked or whatever uh, you know, don't be uh, uh, shy. Uh, contact me on the YouTube comments here or my Facebook page, uh, Facebook group, Adelaide Horror Podcast, Instagram, uh, I'm on there as well. So uh, don't be shy, send me a DM. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll be happy to collaborate and chat. Um, it'll be great. Uh, it'll be really good to uh, meet up other podcasts and kind of start building a bit of a network up. That would be great. So cool. So that's that for crypt keeping. Uh, yeah, uh, I've I've got the. Uh, I think you can kind of see it in the corner. I've got my birthday Lego, which is the uh, haunted mansion. Uh, so I'm. Uh, uh, I've been doing some Lego builds in between uh, my spare time, but this is like the biggest 
kahuna that I've done. So I'll, I'll, I'll see how I go with that. I might shoot a video. Uh, I've got it on my Facebook page. I, I shoot little movies, um, me building different kind of Lego uh, inspired things. Uh, it's, it's great fun. It's, it, I enjoy it. So that's kind of something I do uh, while I'm uh, passing the time away in the crypt. So in between jobs. Awesome. Anyway. So let's get cracking on the shuds and uh, and uh, let's do this. So, okay. So Shutter Hell basically is set up is like Netflix. So you've got your, you know, your top bar has got collections, movies, series, Shutter TV and my list. So you, as you click on uh, a movie that you'd like, the little my list button will come up. You press on that and it adds to your list and then you can watch it later. So the way this is kind of set up is you basically pay 65 bucks for the year and you've got a year subscription, which I think works out cheaper than most other streaming services because they've got a whole collection of different genres on that streaming service. It's not specifically horror. This is specifically horror, which is good. So what you're actually paying for and what you're getting is actually matched. Like, I'd, well, that's just my opinion. I think it's, it's good in that sense. So uh, you've got the newly added section uh, and that just basically like Netflix, it's like all your newly added horror films that have just recently come out for you to check out. And it doesn't necessarily mean like new is in the year new, like it's, it could be like newly added and it's a movie from the seventies. Like it's, it's just like a newly added horror title. So, uh, and some of them have been really good. Some of the some of the horror movies that have popped up that were old, older titles, I haven't seen yet or haven't thought of uh, in such a long time. So when that pops up in my reel, I'm thinking, wow, like I'm definitely checking that out. So my list is getting huger and huger, like, you know. Um, so then you've got your continue watching section, which basically is, you know, it, yeah, you just pick up where you left off and what you're last watching. You've got your list, your, your my list section, and then you've got your binge section, which is your TV shows and all that. Then you've got your good scare kind of section. So it's all the kind of scarier. Um, I think it goes on the rating of people liking it and they deem it to be scary. Uh, you've got your neo slashes, which is all your slasher, ultraviolet, super, super blood and gutsy movies. You've got your possession movies, so your, your Satan kind of devil possession film, special encounters. So it's kind of more ghosts. Uh, demons kind of thing you've got your monster mash so you call me your creature like vampires werewolves um you know um, fucking hellraiser fits in this so kind of yeah they've, they've kind of chucked it all over the place what that demons a monster like kind of thing and then you got your slash asics fuck me i still can't say it um <laughs> I, I call it slash tastics so I'm just going to say that, but that's not what it's called. <laughs> like, yeah, dyslexia. Like, um, anyway, so that's all your classic 70s and 80s titles. You know, it's got Slumber Party Massacre on there, Tourist Trap, uh, Terror Train. It was funny to see Tourist Trap on this one because I, I was actually, I watched it on um, uh, Universe 2000. What was the, um, the, the show that takes the piss and they commentate through the... Um, I'm blanking on the name now, but you, you know what I mean. Um, it'll come to me. But anyway, they they did the rip of this movie, so I watched it in that and was kind of pissed myself through through that. It was quite funny, all the commentary. So to sit down and actually watch Tourist Trap without the commentary, like it was it was good to do. 
Uh, they chucked in the Puppet Master series on this one. They've got Maniac, the original one, and then they've got a couple of Halloweens, but not like the first one and two. They've got the kind of Jujab porn vibe uh, on there. So, so yeah, it's uh, it kind of breaks up. You've got, and then there's a section where you click on it and it's Shutter TV, and it, you just basically pick whatever movie's on. You just sit and watch it, like whatever. And if it takes your fancy, you watch it. If not, you just move on and. Uh, so it's it's set up in that way. So there's always something for you to check out that you would like and that you'd be interested in. So, uh, like I said, you'd be pretty hard pressed to find something that you, you couldn't find anything on there, like that that didn't tickle your fancy, kind of thing, or what you're in the mood for. Um, so I've broke it down into some categories uh, tonight. So basically, I've got favorite horror films, favorite anthology, and favorite docos. So the two favourite movies is Jacob's Wife and uh, the uh, Mortuary Collection. The other two out of that that were a close second was Monstrum from South Korea and Yummy from uh, Finland. And so Monstrum is a creature creature feature horror film set in feudal South Korea. Uh, pretty much you could I wondered if they used the same set from the Kingdom uh, for this because it's like it's exactly the same. Like if you if you watch Kingdom and then you walk out the room and someone chucked on Monstrum, you'd get confused. You'd think it's the actual same film. Like it's um, so it's. I'm interested to see if that will be very cost effective uh, if they just use the same props or the same locations uh, for for this movie. Yummy was uh, a really great Finnish uh, zombie film, extraordinarily gory. Uh, and uh, that's why I really dug it. It really went back to zombie films again. Like it, it's, uh, and this is what I'm finding from international films. Like they, the you know, I've heard it referred to as you know, coloured by numbers or you know, stuff like that. These horror films and the blueprints, and it's exactly the same old cookie cutter horror film kind of making. And then you've got these international directors that have come in, and I think. I think internationally, like different cultures will view a horror genre differently. And so with them coming in with a new kind of angle or cultural angle of what a horror film would be, they kind of, they seem to do a better version of paying homage to it or just creating their own standout film. And uh, more and more, I've, I've seen this in the last couple of years, that international horror films are starting to really overtake Hollywood, like way overtake them. Uh, in the in the terror aspect and you know some people might get shitty because it's a foreign movie and they don't want to read subtitles but i mean if they can get over that um and, and you really get into what's going down um there's been a fantastic polish movie nobody sleeps in the woods tonight or no one sleeps in the woods tonight fuck that movie knocked my pants off like and i, I was like with the gore the story plot that how it happened and i was just like fucking clap clap poland like this is like well done this is this is going to be my polish film that i'm reviewing like this is really really phenomenal and it proves my point exactly where these uh you know international horror films are kind of really sticking it to to hollywood big time saying like you know they've grown up watching these films heavily influenced by these western horror films and then they've gone and done it themselves and, and done it better, you know. So good on them. That's that's really great. So definitely, definitely get behind and start checking out some international horror titles because I tell you, as as a, as a horror fan, you're gonna really really get 
like creeped out and really and he's kind of saying thank god horror's back but funnily enough it's just not in english like you know so there you go um i've done the so the outside of the anthology for the mortuary collection was uh creep show so the tv show creep show this was the primary reason why i got shutter right uh, if you know me, I'm a Tales of the Creep man. I love Vault of Horror. Like this was Creep Show. This is all. This is my jam, right? Um, so when I got Creep Show, um, I was really super nervous about the TV. I thought, I hope they do it justice. I saw the Crypt Keeper. How they were going with that angle? I was a bit nervous initially, and then when I saw it flesh out onto the show, I was like, thank God. So it was a really good version, um, and I was impressed with it. So going into it, uh, I was kind of relieved. These stories, with with anthologies, as you would get, there would be one story that's weaker than the other. Uh, they're all strong. This is a strong clan of of horror like puppies. Like there's no ruts in this one. Like they they're all really really solid performers. And uh, so I'm hanging out for season two, just waiting for all the episodes to accumulate, and then I'll just do a bit of a, a big sit and uh, and check out the creep shows one afternoon. So that's that's my anthology choices for Shutter. Uh, now I'm going to move on to the docos. So the docos, there's quite a few, and um, so the one that really jumped out that I enjoyed was the uh, unearthed and untold uh, path of Pet Cemetery. So this is the doco about the making of Pet Cemetery, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery from the 90s. Um, and it's really great to see the, the actors and actresses from this movie uh, talking about, uh, bar some that have passed away, but uh, talking about their experiences on the set and uh, how the movie was made and, and uh, interviewed the director and... It was really, really good, so I really dug it. Being a documentary nut myself, like in pretty much any genre, uh, it's a you get a real kick out of these horror docos because it goes into, you know, it talks about the genre that I love the most, but it's a doco about how they make the movie and stuff. So I'm just kind of like geeking out big time uh, with this stuff. So, yeah, um, that was... Yeah, so History of Horror is is the next one with Eli Roth. So he sits down with uh, Nicotero and uh, with Rob Zombie. And they talk about, they've got it in sections. So they've got slashes, vampires, zombies, ghosts. And they just pretty much go through all the, the TV shows and movies that they remember and how that kind of genre started. Uh, so they do a bit of a history dive into that. There's three guys around a table. It's, it's set up really, really cool. And it's great to listen to all of them. You know, I'd listen to these guys read out the fucking yellow pages. Like, so it's it's pretty interesting to see them go through with all this stuff. So it's pretty cool. Um, the next one is Cursed Film. So this was interesting. So this doco covers Poltergeist, The Omen, uh, the Twilight Zone, which I didn't know was deemed as a as a, as a cursed deal. So when I saw that episode, I was actually quite shocked about what happened. I, I wasn't aware of this at all involving Landis. I was like, holy crap. Uh, now, now that I know, I was kind of like a bit shit, you know, a bit shocked. Yeah, so that was an unfortunate event that occurred. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he talked about, um, yeah, Poltergeist, The Exorcist, The Omen, and the Twilight Zone. So these were the these were the ones that were the thing. The Exorcist I knew of, like I've I've had a very 
odd relationship with The Exorcist uh, growing up. Um, and uh, it was kind of my um, suck it up and men up and watch it movie. Uh, it's and, and it's funny, it's kind of like the movie that you make in your head as opposed to the actual film itself is, is quite, you know, it's quite unusual. Um, I'm a Catholic, so growing up, watching the you know hearing about the exorcist seeing pictures about the exorcist as just this fucking big deal like you know this was the, the this was the like the fucking titanic of like horror films like that you didn't watch or not not that i couldn't watch it so i didn't say no one ever said to me you can't watch this this is like blah 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 the the the, the devil's gonna enter your brain you know that kind of shit no one was that weird about it oh it just scared me like the, it, and uh, the and like I said, it was that, is that um, not the Mandela effect, but it, it kind of you know you build that movie in your head. It's like the, the the super hyped up Star Wars fans that watched, you know, they can't sit down and enjoy a new Star Wars film because they build this Star Wars movie in their head, and then they go there and they get pissed off because it's not what they wanted. So this is kind of what happened with me and the Exorcist. And one day I just sucked it up, and what I did was I actually watched the Exorcist series fucking backwards. Like, so I went, like, Exorcist 3, and I could, like, lean down into the... and kind of eased into the first one. And, uh, and look, I, I, I watched it. I thought it was great. You know, the devil didn't get me. And... <laughs> or fucking hope not. I don't know. But, like, I, I really... It was good for the movie that it was. You know, yeah. I could see why some shit was shocking to some people back in the 70s. Like, holy God. Um, didn't offend me or anything like that. I wasn't outraged. I was just, yeah, I was like, okay, this is, yeah, wow. Like, uh, in the 70s, I get it. Um, uh, yeah, this would have freaked out a lot of people. Like, um, for sure. So, and it's still claimed to be one of the best horror films ever made. And now I know why. Uh, the other thing that I saw was some of the um, behind-the-scenes footage, how they made it. And I just fucking dug that. It was so good, especially the scene... Just prior to, to her um, sitting on a crucifix, uh, there was the, the kind of the room blows everywhere with all the debris and all that. And it shows you like the machines that they use to create it and like to shake the bed and how they put some camera above Linda Blair. And like it was just so good how they did all that. So that kind of helped me disassociate, you know, um, uh, you know, the kind of religious side of that, like, that made it less scary uh, for me anyway, um, so for me to enjoy it, but um, no, it was all good, I still, I love it, it's a great horror film, I still enjoy it, I, I like it for what it is, and uh, yeah, so it's all good. So that was, so that was interesting, so then when I was watching Cursed Films, and so I knew about, you know, how they were saying that this had invited some some dark spirits onto the set, and uh, and there was this kind of you know um, ominous kind of feeling. So when I was reading all this before watching the movie and and having my religious background, I was I was you know I was creeped out by it. But then you know you get older, you, you kind of shit stops kind of scaring you after a while, and you. You kind of you put on your pants and big boy pants and you and you and you watch it so it was all good so the cursed movie doco was phenomenal and like i said didn't know about the stuff of the twilight zone and that really knocked me for a six i was really sad by that and i was like holy shit thank 
and that's really why the union started in the film industry like because that was that was so fucking dodgy and two kids died because of it so that that was terrible um good doco in that the other one and i went on a bit of a tangent so i apologize about that so horror noir is the next one and this one really 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 enjoyed it and this was the history of african-american horror so one how african americans are portrayed in horror films since the 20s as you can imagine so between now and to now so 100 years of cinema of misrepresentation of the african american population and anything american uh, anything african really like it was massively racist like all the way through and then just the way the characters were written in the way the characters were killed off like you know all the time uh, without fail, African-American guy got killed first, like, or the woman got killed first. It was just, that's how it was. And, and it was funny, I noticed the shift in Scream, I think it was Scream 2, uh, and the the girl at the start, she goes, oh, well, you know, this this black character's going to die first, like, kind of thing. And, and they, they they started to acknowledge it. And I think this was the, the, the point where it started to turn, like, in cinema. And, and if you... Pay attention to that comment and then notice all the horror films after, especially Scary Movie. Scary Movie took the piss out of this, like something to the point. It, it took the piss so much that I think other directors were like, okay, we better not start killing African-American cast members off first because it's going to it's gonna play to this joke. Like, And they became more uh, socially aware about it, but then they started to change because, as we know, things changed and that's how it went socially so um this doco really really great so you got like pamela greer you got uh, samuel jackson like all these guys get together and they talk about uh their experiences on horror movie sets or being portrayed in a certain way as a character how they thought about their characters and more importantly now how jordan peele is starting to like lead this charge of like literally turning the racism Titanic on this uh, and doing a really great job and coming out with some phenomenal horror films. You know, them, us, it, it, shit. It, it's amazing, like how, how it's, and I'm just looking forward to more and more stuff as he comes out. So, um, really great doco, uh, phenomenal. It, it ended really, like, I was so into it. So, when I ended, I was really bummed out and it's, it's been, a long time since the documentary had that effect on me so yeah definitely definitely check it out definitely worth it um cool so yeah that's uh yeah i've got uh, my horror list um uh, on here so basically my list is a whole mixture of uh kind of uh mixed docos crypt uh tales of crypt there's some good ones that i've got in here that i'm looking forward to fried berry um uh, looking forward to Teddy as well. It's a French werewolf movie. Uh, that looks that looks pretty cool. Uh, there's a 70s Horror Express that's out. Super Deep looks really good as well. That's kind of like, um, you know, Preacher under the thing. Uh, you've got the Rec series that I've, I've put on there. Color of Space with Nicolas Cage. I still keep missing this. So when it came up, I thought, right, bang, that's it. So I've got that in my title to see next. And I've also got anything for Jackson as well um, that I'm super keen on checking out. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's some different, um, uh, what do you call it, 
um, comedy horror in this as well. So, yeah, looking forward to getting into some comedy horror as well. So, yeah, cool. Look, that's really kind of the, the blah, blah, blah about Shudder. So, yeah, I hope you kind of go with it. it leave your comments. If you if you got it, tell me how you feel about Shudder. Like, if you like it, you don't like it, like you're not resubscribing, anything like that. It will be good to have a chat uh, about it. So, yeah, another really good doco, actually, to check out on this is uh, In Search of Darkness 1 and 2. This is amazing. Like, I've got both DVD. I've put the order in. So you get the promote the promotional um, uh, stuff with it. You get your name in the credits, that kind of stuff. And uh, so I get the two DVDs sent out. It's now available on Shutter One and Two. And this is like a two-hour uh, doco each on on horror titles, like going through all the classics from the seventies and eighties. So a, a must, an absolute must to check out uh, if you're into that. So you. You'll get to see some 70s and 80s titles that you probably have thought of but forgot to watch, like, or you haven't seen in such a long time. And it reminds you about these movies. You're like, damn, I've got to go back out and check that film out again. There was a lot of that going on. Uh, so I've made a written down quite a list of uh, stuff for me to check out. So very, very good. Very worth your while. Cool. So let's get stuck into the two movies. So last year, when, when um, uh, I think it was in October the 15th, the Mortuary Collection came out for Halloween and uh, had stars Clancy Brown and it also stars uh, Caitlin Cluster, uh, or Custer I should say, sorry. And uh, these are the two main characters in the show, uh, in the movie. It's an anthology uh, series and Sam, the character, goes to the uh, Mortuary and is answering a help wanted sign uh, at the mortuary. So it's designed in that old school 1900s. The parlor at the front is where you viewed the body. I think that's why they actually call it the living room, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's not where your plasma TV and your freaking uh, beer cup holding lounge goes like it is a hundred and something years ago. That's where your coffin was like, and people went to go and have a gawk at you. Well, I can eat a uh, eat a cracker or you know have a scone or something uh, over your over your dead booty, and uh, so yeah, I, was, I just I, I listened to it in some uh, uh, another podcast talked about it, so I thought it was quite funny. So this is an old Victorian style uh, 1900s late 1800s mansion. Loved this house when it's actually it's it's a museum in Oregon. It's very colourful. I've I looked it up on uh, in, on um, on Google. It looks very nice. But mate, if 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 I won the lottery and they were like, "Here's Joey, what house would you like?" I'd be like that one, and uh, I'd paint it black and grey. <laughs> like I'd make it the most gothic looking fucking house in the suburbs. And and uh, yeah, that would be my dream kind of house. Uh, so yeah, as a as a bit of a horror writer, I would love to live in that house. That'd be so good, such a great inspiration. And uh, so this house, very creepy. Like the design, even internally, like I was just in love with this house. Like the library, the dark furniture, the lead light windows, the desk. Like it was all dimly lit. Like it was just, it was perfect. It was so good. So. So basically, it's a collection of so you got Montgomery Dart played by Clancy Brown, and he tells a collection of uh, cautionary tales to Sam, uh, and in through this movie. So and in kind of like a tales of the creep story, he begins the story. You see 
visually the story, then the story ends and it goes back to um, Sam and Mortary Dark at a desk or in the morgue or the, the location of the room changes like with the story. So there's a collection of stories. They all link. The, the stories don't link, but the characters in the stories link up. So, and I think it's the second to last one where you start to notice characters from the previous one are in this one. So it kind of flows. And then the last, the last story flows into the into the end of the movie. And that and I can't really divulge that because I'll spoil the film. So I don't want to do that. So I'll kind of go through as far as I can and then I'll have to stop because I don't want to spoil the movie for you. If you haven't already seen it, I encourage you to see it. This is an easily 8 out of 10 for me. Easy all day long. Um, <clears throat> so these, this cautionary tales, one set kind of like in the 50s. The other one, I believe, is... I don't know if they go by general... Like, I can't tell. Like, it's... Even, even when you're with... Uh, Montgomery Dark and Sam uh, you don't know what decade it is it's kind of that um, that bizarre thing like at once I got really confused because one stage the kitchen looked like the 50s but I heard an answering machine and I was like what like and I don't know if yeah it kind of threw me off and then there was a TV involved and the TV was old and I was like hang on there was there was no answering machine in the 50s so how did how did this Kind of, it was kind of bizarre. It kind of threw me off a little bit. It's not a rage quit moment, but it just kind of confused me. I thought, okay, are they just retro enthusiasts and they decked out the house because they like rockabilly? Like, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. But you know, outside there was old cars and stuff, so it kind of threw me off a little bit, but not, not, nothing too bad. So that was my only kind of minor gripe, if you want to call it. Um, so yeah, cautionary tales, uh, the first one, but the the main character of each story is the is the person that gets the comeuppance in in this one. So I thought, okay, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a thing going on here where the the person you know in the story is actually the bad person. So I thought, okay, where they're going with this, and then kind of the the, the movie reveals itself at the end. Uh, the CG is done quite well. I really enjoyed the CG. Uh, and again, the the stories were were very clever in in um, in how they were uh, laid out, how they were presented, the plot twists in the story. See, I can't really go into depth with the story either because the plot twists will start to the kind of you know an old wreck it and end up spoiling it. So uh, definitely recommend great some great ghost stories uh, in there, uh, some great creature ones as well. Uh, one involves a succubus. It's it's very very clever like very very clever how it's all done so that was my pick for the for last year and this year was jacob's wife now this one this one jumped in and i didn't expect it to impress me like it did it only had one thing that i didn't like uh and that was how the 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 vampire's makeup was done it essentially and um and bonnie aaron's the woman who um gave us the nun uh does a phenomenal job uh playing the master vampire in this one only problem is it's like they've grabbed her they said quick it's book week <laughs> we've got to dress you up tomorrow for school and they basically grabbed her and dunked her head first into a bucket of paper mache 
and just went right. You're you're now a fucking great vampire. See you later. And it just didn't it didn't suit well. So I don't know what was going on there, like with that and and why that was the choice visually of their vampire. But having said that, the rest of the movie is quite strong. The storyline, the plot, the comedy, the gore is phenomenal. So this that's kind of forgiven uh, if you know. Um, uh, if you add up all the rest of that together, and it's it's a phenomenal movie, it's very very well done. So Jacob's wife is just basically, but um, Barbara Crampton, she plays Anne. Uh, we've got um, Larry Finden, Finden, Fesden. Sorry. Um, now he, yeah. He looked like Jack Nicholson. I was, I was like throwing. I didn't say it was Jack Nicholson. But I was like, is this guy related to him? Because like the forehead, the eyebrows, nose, the the little lip, how it go, and I was just like, geez, Louise. Like, is it's? I find that fascinating sometimes when I see someone that they just genetically look like somebody, but there's no relation. Like, I just like, wow, that's really cool. And it's the case with Larry. Like, he looks like Jack Nicholson. Like, he's he plays the minister. Uh, Minister Jacob um, and Anne is his wife, um, and he there's they've been married for about thirty years, and because of his kind of religious constraints on how he behaves, this has taken a massive toll on his marriage, and like sexually, physically, nothing is going on, and. And we're, as viewers, we come to that 30-year point where she's like, I need a bone. <laughs> like, that's pretty much how you just say it. Uh, and she's, like, massively, like, depressed slash sexually frustrated. Uh, and so we get him congregating at the start of the film. We get a member of the congregation goes missing, and we kind of... All these kind of zomp the, the vampire attacks in this are a nod to Salem's Lot. Um, right down to the poster. Like, you've got... The poster's kind of like Salem's Lot slash Fright Night. So, the Fright Night is the the building with the vampire screaming in the back in the clouds at night time. It's where the... Uh, Jacob's... Um, fuck, I almost said Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> the, Jacob's... The, the church... And the vampire screaming in the back is is uh, kind of similar to, to Fright Night, so it's it's that. But the actual vampire itself, the design, is uh, it's like Salem's Lot, really. Uh, and you got Bonnie Aaron's, uh, you know, doing her best screamy. I'm gonna rip your throat out, face. So you know, it's great. So that's your kind of nods, homages to um, to Salem's Lot and uh, to Fright Night there um in no way shape or form has uh it was written directed by travis uh stevens so in no way shape or form has this guy ripped anything off he's it, these are just homages and nods for sure uh to the to these two great movies so you got a parishioner goes missing um and then the next day she gets in contact and her long lost kind of flame slash love played by uh robert russa rustler so we know him as the friend from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, uh, the main character. I forgot his name, but he's the... And he gets killed, I think, in the 
in the later part of the it's the scene where the guy where freddy comes out of the guy literally so um tears out of the main character so he's he's in this one so by this stage i was i was going wow they've really you know travis has really kind of pulled some like classic 80s horror icons like to be in this film and then by adding bonnie aarons as your as your kind of villain or villainess uh, I was like, okay, this is interesting. I want to see how this goes. And, and look, to be honest, there's no way that it's going to be a shit film with Bonnie involved. So I was just, and, and Barbara Crampton. So I thought, okay, that was kind of my safety blanket, knowing that this was uh, this was going to be a pretty decent movie. Like, um, and I, I was proved right. I was proved right. So <clears throat> anyway, so basically the story goes, she goes to meet up with her, this long lost flame. She's absolutely chomping at the bit, like, at this point. You can tell she's so sexually frustrated. This guy could just, like, sneeze on her and she will just fucking mount him. <laughs> so, like, she was, like, that, at that point. She even tried to say, like, oh, I'm meeting up with Tom. Like, so she was suggesting that, like, this meetup was going to happen. And the minister just kind of blew it off, going, oh, yeah, well, you know, just say hi for me kind of thing. So you could tell that she was so annoyed because she was just like, can't you even, like, get fucking jealous? Like, you know, what what is the matter with you? Like, this, there's just no uh, response, you know? Um, and I kind of felt, and she addressed it, and I agree with her, he was kind of, like, using his religion as an excuse to almost end the relationship because he wants out as well, but he just doesn't have the balls to say it. Uh, or it's for him it's it would be a sin um but at the same time um after the the religious explanation would be basically he's just he's fucking too gutless to say that the relationship's fucked i want to i want to end it kind of thing so um he's using his uh religion and his position as an excuse to to kind of you know get her to to move away and you know to essentially push um her into the arms of tom which actually happens like so you know he goes to this they go to this um property to talk about this business venture and he makes a pass and says i came here because of you and i'm still thinking about you and he leans in for a kiss and well like i said fucking she just totally reciprocates the uh kiss they're about to bone until the <laughs> till the fucking vampire like cracks the party i'm just like oh poor Anne. god she can't even get her leg up like she can't even mount this guy and the vampires like trashing the party i'm like give her give her five minutes mate like you know and then like then eat her but like let, let her get eaten and then eat her like you know give her a break like you know jeez so anyway so he goes to tom goes to like suss out what's going on he gets attacked she gets attacked and this is kind of how jacob's wife kind of kicks so and then the the majority of the movie is just her kind of realizing her power her changing like physically and also mentally as well just like how she's become more confident more like she's not timid she's not meek she's not repressed by her you know religious rules restraints you know this kind of stuff she really breaks free from that um this is definitely noticed by the uh super uptight minister and uh, he thinks that something's gone on with his wife and, you know, like, what's going on? So he goes to investigate and in ordering to do this in a roundabout way, he finds the person that goes missing. He finds that there's vampires now and, you know, this kind of 
blows his fucking mind because he's just you know it's now he's dealing with a real life evil he doesn't know you know kind of he's really he's really struggling like with reality kind of thing and and because this tests everything that he's been taught um so you know there's there's that aspect so then when the masters revealed this is what I really dug about the film. So entire, the whole entire time, you're like the master, the master, and you think blah blah blah, but you're not twigging. It's a chick, like, and, and and it's Bonnie, like, and I'm thinking that's so well done. Like, it's that's the nod to Salem's Lot, but Count Olaf is, uh, or Olaf, or fuck, I hope it's not Frozen. Um, anyway, I think it, I think it is Olaf or Karloff or uh, anyway. So moving on he like that nod is to the the just the makeup how he is is, is the nod to salem's lot so i thought that was that was good but he's just changed the gender of the of the master vampire is now female which i thought was fantastic i thought it was great special effects makeup for her was shit like but that that concept was fantastic and i really dug it and you just got to see like that this movie so in between this this period you've got these fantastic elements of gore like and i mean fucking blood spraying heads ripping off and it just doesn't match the pace of this film because when it happens it really gets your attention and that's what i love about it it's really great and uh so when the next attack happens you're thinking oh shit what's gonna go on now man because i've seen the last one what the fuck are they going to do with this one? And they match it, like, and you're thinking, Jesus, like, you know, and and that's what I loved about it. Every kind of kill in this thing is just as brutal as the next one, uh, and they really lay it back. And the uh, the the vampire kind of destroying, you know, staking and how the body reacts is, is just hilarious uh, in this in this one. Um, and yeah, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. The um, it reminds me of something, but yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. So it's it's not the usual staking and the dust exploding um, um, way that they died. But if you want to know what I thought, you could write to me and I can tell you. We can have a laugh about it. Uh, so yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I'll keep it PG. And so um, yeah, so that in that sense, you know, when that happens, it's quite it's quite funny. So there's this this is kind of uh, two you got horror and you got comedy and it's flowing together quite well and then you know it, it just doesn't skip a beat it flows well the comedy's good the horror's good and it just bundles up really well so when it comes to the end of the film you're actually like yeah geez i really dug that like and that's my feeling at the end of the film so for me this is an eight out of ten as well um it was it was really well done i was actually quite surprised that i liked it as much i didn't think i was gonna like it i just took to it as an independent horror film with Barbara Crampton in it. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to be shit, but at the same time, I wasn't thinking it was going to be the most blockbuster horror film ever created. So, uh, yeah, and, and because I kind of came in with that mindset, it paid off, and I enjoyed it for what it was. And uh, you'll enjoy it too. I, I think it's really good. Definitely check it out. It's, it's, really, it's very, very cool. It's very, very cool. I liked it. So cool. Okie dokie. So... That's that's my two movie reviews for Shutter. Uh, yeah, check it out if you if you Google onto Shutter, 
like, like I said, it's 65 bucks for the year. Um, you get, you know, docos, movies. You get a, a Shutter channel if you don't want to pick anything and you just want to watch any kind of any random kind of horror film being played. Check it out. It's got a good collection of international films on there as well. Check that out too. Um, you'll like it. There's something for everyone. You won't be leaving disappointed. You won't be going, oh, geez, it's a waste of money. So you enjoy it. Um, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't be talking about it. So there you go. Cool. Anyway, so thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, it's not a two-hour <laughs> two one. I was kind of like, I've got a, I got a, what is it now? Like 48 minutes or something. So yeah, I was super conscious about not banging on for two hours. I think that would, uh, <coughs> I think that people would be like, oh my God. So if you do want to check out the episode for uh, the Fear Street Trilogy, for the first 40 minutes, it's Matt talking about 1994. The next 40 minutes is Scott talking about 78 and then me talking about 1666. So the time splits up between the two. Um, and uh, yeah, so hope you enjoy it. Um, you can listen to it on the podcast version. You can also uh, watch it on YouTube as well. So there's two versions to check it out. Um, this episode is going to be, it's already out on Spotify. I've done a different version of it. Um, and I've just done the YouTube version of it now. So cool. Excellent. So thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, like and subscribe on the YouTube channel and uh, write any comments below on the YouTube channel. You can write and sign up to the Adelaide Horror Pod. pod, pod fucking hell. The Adelaide Horror Podcast. I'm just, oh, jeez. The Adelaide Horror Podcast on Facebook, uh, the Facebook group and on Instagram as well. And, uh, yeah, cool. Thanks for that. And uh, cool. So there you go. Have a great night. Uh, stay scary. And I'll see you in the crypt.